2: We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today.
3: Yes, indeed, the pregame show. We got Olin Krutz. Patrick Manley is ill today, but we have Dan Pompey joining us next. Dan, of course, is... Uh, joins us on the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Dan, good morning. How are you?
4: I'm doing great, fellas. Really good to be with you today. Uh, it's going to be an interesting Sunday. Maybe not so interesting, but it's, uh, yeah. it, it's, it, it's a mismatch, certainly, I think, uh, on paper. But we'll see, we'll see if it plays out that way.
3: It's also one o'clock in the afternoon, and I just said good morning. It tells you.
4: I was going to let you slide on it, but <laughs> Thank uh, you. you're normally in the morning when you're on the radio. That's so right. It's, uh, it's, good it's understandable. Uh,
3: so listen, um, you look at what's going on with the Bears this week, and it's not just everything that's happened on the field and in the in the medical tent. Um, there's also this these weird social media things that keep popping up, you know, maybe the most bizarre one this week was Jalen Johnson, who shows up for work on Wednesday, finds a letter telling him, informing him from the head coach that he, he was being fined for a late arrival to the building, and then he immediately goes on the gram and he posts the letter with the comment, basically, can you believe they're going to find me uh, whatever it was, two thousand seven hundred forty-five dollars for being, you know, for walking in at eight sixteen. The clock turned eight sixteen. I guess he's got to be there at eight fifteen. Um, Nagy then is sort of blindsided by asked about it. He didn't know that the guy had done it. Nobody apparently had figured it out and told him before he meets with the media, and it just ends up being another one of these weird social media embarrassments that the Bears have been going
2: through.
4: Yeah, you know, it was interesting to watch kind of how that deal played out, Molly. too. You know, uh, afterwards, Nagy called Johnson a leader, you know, but he clearly has not acted like one throughout this episode anyway. You know, first of all, he showed a lack of accountability by being late. Then he blamed the rules on Instagram. Uh, then he showed another lack of accountability by blaming the media for making it a story. Um you know, what he what he should have done is stood up and said, hey, you know, I, I screwed up. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. And Hopefully that's what he did behind closed doors. Uh, but, you know, worse, the worst part of all of this is, you know, last week he gave up a 41 yard catch in the fourth quarter, 32 yard catch in the second quarter. Um, you know, and, and if you're not backing it up on the field, nothing else matters. So, um, the great thing about football, though, there's always another chance in seven days. This is a chance for redemption for him today against the Bucks, And uh, I think he's a really important figure in today's game, uh, you know, because Tom Brady's options have shrunk because of the injuries to A.B. and Gronk. Uh, Scotty Miller out, too. Uh, so, you know, if, if Johnson can help shut down another option to a degree, Uh, That will give the pass rush an opportunity to get to Brady. And, uh, you know, the the pass rush probably is going to need a little help today without two of the key players in Robert Quinn and Akeem Hicks. Uh, So a big day for him. You know, I don't know. Olin, you know, Mm -hmm. you you were such a great leader. I'd love to hear how you would have handled a situation like Jalen Johnson, had you been in the locker room with him?
5: Yeah, it's a good question, Dan. And, and the thing, I think you bring up a great point. Like not It's the first time we heard anything about Jalen Johnson, right? And, uh, there's always a saying in a locker room, if you're going to act like that, you better be good enough. The kid is good enough, right? The kid is a very, very good football player. I don't want to call him a kid. He's a man. He's a kid. You know, he's a lot younger than me. But um, I, the thing I worry about is the combination, uh, and Dan, and you brought it up. I don't like all of a sudden you're jogging on the field after you give up a catch while Devontae Adams is, is running for a touchdown. You're jogging behind him, and then you you come late to meetings. I start to wonder what the hell is going on, right? What what What's going on with you right now? Why aren't you playing at a high level? Why aren't you turning into this leader, this guy we need? Because they need to change the standard in that building. So... To answer your question, you know, surely I would get in his face. Obviously, you guys knew me back then. Uh, I'd ask him straight questions. What's wrong? Are you okay? We got to get this thing right. We need you helping to lead our team. We don't need you coming late. You're late. Like, can you believe I got fined? Uh, I wish I was on his gram, as, as Molly called. I was impressed by that, the gram. Um, I was wish I was on the gram. I was impressed, man. That was, that was good. That was, young, that was young kid stuff. But I was impressed. But – I I, know my answer would be, no, I'm not shocked. You got fined. Uh, This is how the NFL works. You're here on time. Uh, You got to be at any job on time or else you're fine. Like that's just the way it goes in NFL. So the fact that he was shocked, he got fined kind of shocks me. Uh, The fact that Nagy didn't know, I thought Molly brought that up a great point. Like, they have all these people employed at Hallis Hall. What the hell are you doing? Like, what are you doing in the PR department? It's a problem. Again, we talk about you're not losing because of why you think you're losing. You're losing because your standing in your building sucks. That's why you're losing. By that, I mean, who the hell's responsibility is to let the head coach know that Jaylon Johnson put on Instagram that he can't believe he got fined. So, uh, would have went up to him, would have talked to him, Dan, obviously asked him, first of all, is everything okay in your life? Is something bugging you? Because why are you late? Why are you jogging on the field? Now I've seen too many cracks in, in your armor, and I want to know what the hell is going on with this kid. But uh, to the point of of the Chicago Bears and the game today, Dan, and, and I think it goes, I want to talk a little bit with you because you've watched so much NFL football. What are you looking through? Big matchup today for Laser for Nagy, for DiFilippo against this Todd Bowles defense. We just had uh, Tampa Bay. Tom on from Tampa Bay. He's going to blitz. They're going to, you know, try to disguise the coverages for fields. What are you looking for today out of Justin Fields? What kind of improvement do you want to see from their young quarterback?
4: Well, first of all, I think, um, you know, the the Bears are probably going to have to have him step out of his comfort zone a little bit and, uh, you know, continue to uh, do things that he hasn't done or hasn't done much of uh, because if you're going to stay in this game, uh, you know, you're going to have to trade touchdowns with the Bucks' offense, most likely. I mean, it's, that's, I think, the way that most of us see this game playing out. So you can't just sit back there and hand it off over and over again and uh, against the number one run defense in the NFL, by the way, and, and expect to, uh, you know, be it, be in the game in the fourth quarter and have a chance to win. Um, you know, I actually spent some time, uh, with bowls recently and, um, you know, I, 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 agree with what, uh, Tom, said to you guys, you know, uh, he's one in five against rookie quarterbacks with the Bucks, and he's one of the best pressure schemers in the NFL. Um, you know, there's a reason last year, Devin white their middle linebacker had nine sacks. Um, you know, um. I, I think he's going to come after Fields in part because Fields has been so sackable. I mean, I think any defensive coordinator would come after him. Going in the week, you know, Fields was sacked the second most of of uh, any quarterback in the league, even though he was 32nd in passes attempt. And he's lost more yards on sacks than any quarterback. I mean, if you're an opponent, you look at that and say, that that's the way to beat this guy. And, and that's, uh, I think, uh, clearly going to be a big part of... Todd Bowles game plan, unless, of course, you know, the Bears are so bad in pass protection now with, with uh, their, what is it, third or fourth string right tackle is going to be out there uh, that, that, uh, you know, they feel like they can generate pressure with four men.
3: Boy, I I mean, that is seriously depressing to think about that, that, you know, as great as he is, it's uh, scheming up ways to sack the guy. Maybe he doesn't need to. Um, you know, Olin brought up a, an incredible point earlier in the program that I haven't thought about in a while, Dan, which is the Bears went out and they wanted to increase their team speed, and all they were doing was getting the fastest receivers they could find. They didn't seem to care about what age a guy was. If he if he could run, they wanted to sign him and they wanted to load up. And they that is one element that they very rarely use, uh, whether it's Demir Bird, whether it's um, – uh, the the kid from San Francisco, and I say kid because I'm older than him all, and he's a grown man too. He's 30, I think. Uh, Mark uh, Goodwin, is it? Um, I I never see him. I'm not sure who he is. What? Why? Why can't they get the? Why can't they do that? Why can't they use whatever it is they thought they were going to do before the year began?
4: Well, you know, I think the the plan made sense because you know you look at the roster last year and you said, well you know, their their best receiver is not a speed guy, Alan Robinson. Very good all-around player, does everything pretty well, but he's not a guy who is going to win downfield on, on pure speed a lot. So what they're looking for is, you know, complement compliment to him in different ways to, uh, to beat defenses. And, of course, you know, you're also, Matt Nagy also is looking at the Kansas City Chiefs model. Uh, but, you know, it takes more than guys who run fast uh, to be able to make, deep plays in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It takes everything. It takes a bunch of different players. It takes pass protection, first and foremost, and it takes a quarterback who could do the make the read and, and, and you know, the receiver running the right route, the right way, and, uh, being able to make uh, contested catches. And, you know, there, there's so many things it, it you know, the deep ball is, is the hardest play in the NFL. And, um, it, it also, I think it takes time. It takes experience. Uh, between all the different parts of the offense working together. And that even goes, you know, with with the uh, going back to play design and play calling and and, and to the quarterback, to the wide receiver and everything. Bears aren't there yet. They're, you know, they're they're a young team that everyone's coming together and not really uh, in sync to that level to be able to have consistent deep balls.
5: Hey, Dan, I was wondering, after watching him last week, I re uh, rewatched the film, uh, it was good to see Cole Komet a little bit, see him down the field. I think it was a 21-yard gain. Uh, he's been blocking pretty well this year. Just wondering what you're seeing from him. I think it's pretty important for this offense, if you look at the history of the Andy Reid offense, uh, the tight end, whether it be Philadelphia with Ertz, uh, Kansas City with Kelsey, obviously. Um, what do you see from Cole Komet that you like? I, I think he seems to be steadily improving.
4: Yeah, a little bit of a different tight end from those other guys that you mentioned. Uh, But I think the beauty of Cole Komet, you know, he's a little bit of an old-fashioned tight end. He's a two-way tight end uh, who does both things pretty well and I think will continue to improve at all phases of his game. And uh, the only thing that I think he's lacked so far is opportunities, you know, and it was great to see him be more involved in the game plan last week. Uh, I think he's got a lot of potential. You know, he's he's never going to be probably one of these guys who puts up numbers like Kelsey, um, you know, because he doesn't have that kind of speed and uh, dynamic playmaking ability, but he can be a guy who contributes to the offense, you know, in a big, big way. Like I said, both, both in terms of blocking and in terms of catching the ball and you know, great great uh, ability to run after the catch, I think, that we've only seen glimpses of, but I think he's going to uh, come out more and more. He, he's tough with the ball in his hands, you know. A uh, li- little like George Kittle in that way.
3: Um, Dan, maybe along the same lines of of Komet, you know, you, you think about facing a team that has corner injuries and, and corner um, liabilities, maybe. Um, how do you convince a quarterback, a young quarterback, we always hear – that there's a difference between NFL Open and College Open and that younger quarterbacks want to see the ball in, they want to see that separation, and you can't necessarily get it. How do you convince him to challenge guys that might not be up to snuff against his receivers and take a chance and, uh, and risk a pick? It's almost like when you look at this game, this could be a bad game for Fields because you want him to take some chances. And I don't know that he wants to do that and potentially give the ball away.
4: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question. And uh, clearly I think, you know, this is a game in which not only fields, but uh, Matt Nagy or Bill Lazer, uh, Sean Desai, you know, everyone is going to have to take chances for them to have a, an opportunity to win. I mean, that's gotta be kind of their their mindset drilled in their heads. Uh, when they walk out on the field that, you know, if we just go out there and play a conservative game, we'll probably get it taken to us pretty good. So, um, you know, I, I think Fields is, is, uh, smart enough to understand that. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's, he's shown a pretty good understanding of, you know, what the big picture situation is in the game. Um, obviously he's still, you know, trying to figure things out and get comfortable with a lot of things, but, um, You know, uh, we, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, he he had, last week he had that great drive in the fourth quarter, probably his best drive. And that was a situation when, you know, it was necessitated that he do that. But then he comes back on the next drive and obviously didn't uh, perform up to the same standards. So um, that's that's typical with a rookie, with someone who's inexperienced and who's still figuring things out. And, um, you know, he'll have... He'll have another opportunity today to, uh, you know, take another step forward and uh, try to at least, uh, like I said, get out of his comfort zone a little bit.
3: So you're taking the Bears then, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> did,
4: did I say that? Did I sound like that? Okay. pick. Uh, Good pick. Hey, hey, look, I mean, Bucks averaging 32 and a half points a game, which. Uh, I think the Bears last scored 32-and-a-half when Sid Luckman was playing, but uh, <laughs> that's not true, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> uh, they, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to score that many against the Bears, but I think they are, they will score enough to win handily. Um, you know, part of the problem is I don't see the Bears' offense being able to keep up with the Bucks' offense. Uh, you know, in part because they they don't have the ability to take advantage of that beat-up secondary that you were asking about. Um, you know, uh, they will have to try, though, because, again, that, that run defense is, is awfully good, obviously, without Levante David today, which is a big deal. But tough up front, Devin White, you know, we haven't had a lot of talk about Devin White and Roquan Smith, maybe the two best middle linebackers in the game this year. I mean, two guys really playing uh, well, and, and two young guys, fast as heck. Uh, and th- that's going to be fun to watch those two. I've got the Bucks winning, though,
3: know, tw- 24-13. Oh. Uh, that's close. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> okay.
4: Thanks,
3: guys. Thirteen on the road. Sounds like uh, the Bears. All right. We're. Uh, oh, we got so much to cover. We got to get into this a little bit. We've got to talk to Olin about everything that happened over the last week. Find out if uh, if too many of these Hall of Fame quarterbacks are making fun of the Bears. We'll uh, we'll discuss it next. You're listening to the pregame show with Olin Cruz, Patrick Manley down today. We're in the Missing Patrick formation presented by Bet Rivers' official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
1: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/recommend today.
5: I saw Olin Crut said he wanted to punch me in the face. Uh, <laughs> look, I think I think that is to say, and I I don't know Olin, and I respect him. He played in the league for a long time, but are we getting that soft as a society that we can't <laughs> have worth now? I mean, you know, somebody can somebody can pay for a ticket and say whatever the hell they want, which I think they should be able to. That's fine. But the one time you say something back to them, that gets caught on it, that gets caught on hot mic, which, you know, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that gets said from time to time. Now it's that, you know, I've disrespected, you know, an entire city and organization <laughs> and my own organization.
2: We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krootz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today.
3: Ah ha ha! Oh, God, Aaron Rodgers. Stop. <laughs> wow. It's the pregame show. We've got Olin Krootz, obviously. Patrick Manley out, presented by Bet Rivers. O- Olin, you made TMZ mm-hmm. uh, as I told you um, with that comment, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I got a ton of people saying that um, that that was a uh, that was spot on that you captured kind of how everyone felt watching that, and that's that doesn't mean you're doing it. It means that's how you feel when you mm-hmm. see that. And um, but anyway, TMZ is, I believe, it means thirty mile zone, and it date back it dates back to the 1960s. When Hollywood studios and um, the different places where they were making movies spread out around Los Angeles in a 30-mile zone, and it was a publication that was going to try to follow the different things going on in Hollywood outside of just uh, everywhere. So, T.M.Z. 30-Mile Zone, and it became this sort of weird, you know, um, I, you know, what I don't know what you call it, sort of. Um, you know, celebrity gossip type mm-hmm. television show where they try to catch people and they use different things. I, I when I saw it, I thought, are they doing a story <laughs> on uh, on ex players <laughs> that go to their kids' games? I didn't know what the hell they could possibly find scandalous about you, Olin. But mm-hmm. that, for some reason, that was picked up. And then you had Tom Brady. Tom Brady is obviously friends with Aaron Rodgers. They had the they had the whole uh, golf thing. And then Tom, let's take a listen to uh, to Tom Brady. He was on with uh, his Let's Go show with uh, Jim Gray, and he uh, congratulated Aaron Rodgers.
0: You know, I was studying a little bit on the Bears and, and the Packers and when watched a lot of that. That was another great game. And I, actually, before we get started, I wanted to say congrats to Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Um, not always a great quarterback, but I guess he's now a shareholder of the Bears, he was, you know, I, I saw a clip of him really enthusiastically telling the crowd how happy he is to own Soldier Field. And uh, that's really great stuff. He owns the Bucks now, part owner of Soldier Field. So um, he's he's got a, a great career beyond football.
2: What do you own, Tom? Uh, how about upstate New York? Uh, you're 32-3. and three. Uh, Have you staked a claim on, on Buffalo yet?
0: <laughs> not yet, not yet. Nope, I just... I want to settle for a, for a few things less than that. I'm, I'm cool with owning a few, uh, just a few lucky autographs. That's what I'm the owner of.
3: So he's smart enough not to get caught up in that, but he's he's making fun of what Roger said, which we all made fun of. And the idea that somehow, um, you know, the Bears are, uh, the, you know, Aaron Rodgers becomes a McCaskey. I just wonder how that plays with the, the owners of the team. You know, as you, you know the, the McCaskies well, Pat said on the postgame show last week that that would not sit very well, that that would not be something they would be excited to learn, that everyone's making jokes. And I'm part of the problem. I asked Mayor Lightfoot if she now negotiated with Aaron Rodgers about Soldier Field uh, when we talked to her on Monday. You know, and it's, it's cheap and easy humor, but I imagine that would sting a little if you were the Bears owners.
5: But well, it's has right? I mean, especially when the greatest of all time comes out and then he starts joking about it too. And, um, you know, I, I know the argument. Well, you know, Aaron Rodgers is 23 and 5. and But look, it's like saying, like, um, someone's mom's ugly, so you said it, so what are you mad about, right? I mean, she is ugly. So what do you guys, what do you mean? You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's just some things I don't want to hear from people. Uh, Aaron Rodgers does – Offend a whole city by saying I oh I've owned you, Mother effers, my whole life, right. and it comes out on the McAfee show, uh, the punter in a tank top. Uh, you know, it comes out on the Pat McAfee punter in a tank top t- uh, show, and acts like he's shocked that that people are mad at him. I I, I, don't, I don't get the whole the whole thing going on. Then he talks about you know we're having a back and forth. Well, yes, we are. Like, that's, not, that's what's going on here. That's why we're doing it. And then I don't know if you watched it, Molly, but then he started talking about the woke and the PC culture, which I oh, wow. ha- happen to agree with him a little bit on, on some of the stuff he's saying, but it looked like he thought he was sitting on a cloud and, like, floating down into a room uh, discussing. <laughs> and then he said something about, like, see, Pat, when you're above the game, you're not actually in the game. And, and, you know, I was waiting for him to laugh, but he never did. And wow. it was the weirdest thing. And, of course, I'm sure A.J. Hawk, who was a good linebacker, I played against him a lot of years uh, in there in Green Bay, and McAfee, I'm sure they like having Aaron Rodgers on a show. It's good for ratings. So they don't say anything. But if I'm Rodgers' friend there, I may call him on a side and say, you sound like an idiot. Like, I don't know if you know that, but you sound like an idiot the whole time you were talking there. But as far as all of that going on, and them laughing at the Bears, I, I will say this, Molly. I am not an owner of the Bears. I'm a former player of the Bears. I actually have no affiliation with them now. Right? I don't do anything with the Chicago Bears uh, in their organization. Uh, it, it, it rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. I don't know how you feel about it. You've been a, a you know you grew up here in Illinois in Chicago. I don't know how you felt about it. But if you are the owner of the Bears and you have any competitive bone in your body, anything that you are against the Packers and these these two great quarterbacks are talking like this about your grandfather's franchise, right? It's not like you bought it from somebody else. right? This is the one they started now. So, so let's talk about the old Mr. Mully, the grandfather. He started something, Mully. And someone starts talking about your family's business like this, that they own it, you don't own it. Look, I don't care if you're right or not. If you're not pissed off about if you're George McCaskey, if you're the McCaskey family, if that does not bug you, then 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 there's a problem. Then I know why you don't consistently win in the city of Illinois. I mean, the city of Chicago, in the state of Illinois. I know what the problem is.
3: And I got to tell you, I, I mean, I, I, again, I thought, like, with listening to Matt Nagy with his kind of admiration time with how great these guys are and while, wow, you know, uh, he he uh, he called them um, players that can ch- you know change other players around. him. I forget the word he used. I don't think I'd heard that before. Um, but but it's just the whole thing is just getting a little tiresome. Mm-hmm. Of of you know, there's nothing multiplier. He called them he called them multiplier quarterbacks. And you know, obviously he wants one at all. Wouldn't that be great? But it's also like, hey, win a game, mm-hmm. beat a team you know I it, it's I get it you're not supposed to get it you know you're supposed to let it all roll off you and not be upset about it but if I if I remember when uh, they finally made the pulled the plug on uh, Mark Tressman and it got it got absolutely uh, you know just ridiculous by the end I've never seen anything as as absurd uh, with the with Jake Hutler being mad at the the uh, what whatever that idiot was, you played for the guy again down in uh, in, in New Orleans. That that clown um, has to <laughs> apologize with tears, and the whole thing became like, oh my God! It was just the most painful thing I've ever mm-hmm. seen. I've never seen it worse season, but they lost by 50 in Green Bay, and supposedly the family had a meeting and were talking about it. I would imagine that that contributed to it. And I would imagine that when they get to the end of the year, whatever happens, and maybe the Bears win today and maybe they turn their season around and, you know, again, they're a 500 team right now. But I would imagine that 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 performance against Green Bay and the way that thing went down and the embarrassment that followed would be a reason to kind of reconsider some of the support that they've given up to this point. Yeah,
5: and the one thing about Coach Nagy you can say is, His teams do compete, right? They went up there to Vegas, and they put on a good show. Uh, You know, the Packers game, uh, you know, the fourth quarter there, uh, they're only down by three points, right? So they're they're there, and then the defense gives up that touchdown, and it looks out of reach for our offense, obviously. Uh, But it it, it all depends on what it looks like on the field. But if we're just talking about somebody saying they own your franchise, and then it turns into a a week-long joke, and we're talking about, whether they're right or not, and whether you should be mad. Look, I'll say this again. They, they got to run it the way they want to run it. If if that's my grandfather's team and I'm in charge of that team, Coach Nagy and Cole Komet are sitting in front of me at my desk, and I'm asking them about why they think it's okay for Aaron Rodgers to say, I own you, mother effers, right? Because my response is to Tom Brady and Rodgers while they're saying that, even though they're great players, even though uh, they want a lot, is F you guys, right? F you guys... Uh, uh, um, yes, we do have to win here. We do have to sell it on the field. But it doesn't mean I accept you making jokes about my franchise because I have pride in my franchise. I have pride in what my family built here. So I have Coach Nagy in front of me. I have Cole Komet in front of me. And I say, guys, even though we have respect for these guys, how about the week that they're making us look like a joke in the NFL? How about we don't fall over ourselves to to compliment these guys? How about we don't trip them? How about we say that, look, because look, No matter how great you are, no matter how much you've done, once respect goes out the window, it's gone. So if you don't respect me, I don't care who you are, I don't respect you.
3: Yeah, and I I think that's fair. Um, It occurs to me that, you know, you've obviously played against Brady. If I'm not mistaken, are you younger than Tom Brady?
5: I think he's 44, right? Yeah. So we're the same age.
3: Uh, Yeah, yeah. but I think he was born like in July and you were born in August or something? I was Born in June. You were born in June, mm-hmm. so you're he' was born in August, okay. Yep. so you're actually older than him. never mm-hmm. mind. I just think it's different playing quarterback than playing center in the NFL. <laughs> and I think the fact that the that if you look at Br- what Brady's done is extraordinary, but it's also it's helped by the rule changes and by the way mm-hmm. the position has shifted. I don't know if you're actually I don't know how he's done it, I guess is what I'm saying, oh and i I can you imagine still being able to play in the NFL and again, You're you're in the trenches. It's a different position.
5: Yeah, you know, when you play center, obviously, um, one thing about offensive line is you can't avoid guys, right? When guys are running right at your quarterback and you're in between of a 350-pound Vita Vea, uh, you have to stand in front of them, uh, throw your hands, and absorb all that force. And the biggest problem when you get older is absorbing force, as I'm sure like, you know, you step off, I got to imagine when you step off the stairs, your right leg, with your right leg, your right leg is absorbing force. And that does not feel very good sometimes, right? So uh, it's not really the jumping, it's the landing when you get older, right? You jump up, you land, it sucks. Uh, Tom Brady, at practice, Tom Brady in a game, he doesn't have to absorb force on every play, Right. Uh, if he gets hit, it's rare. Now they don't even let him land on him. So, again, he's not absorbing force there on the ground. So the, the fact that they're doing this, if you take a really good look at it, Tom Brady has found a way. I know he has his uh, TB12 uh, mm-hmm. workout plays. He's found a way to stay in great shape. And like I said, he is the example because his, his ability to process information and see things before they're even happening is his strength. So even though he may lose a little fast twitch and not get the ball out fast physically, mentally he's getting the ball out even faster than he was when he was in his mid-30s. So it's not as far-fetched at his position as you would imagine for a man who, has the, who plays in the NFL because of those gifts. You see what I'm saying? Like the gifts of processing information, getting the ball out, lining his teammates up, telling works, a rookie tackle, look, that end is about to come inside. He's going to come inside on this run play. Make sure you cut him off. Tom Brady sees all these things. He lived, I like to say they live in the matrix. He lives in the matrix. He sees things before you see him. And there's a lot of guys, Mully, who can put up a grease board and draw this stuff up. Tom sees it in a 10-second window. He sees it while he's on the field. When he breaks the huddle, he sees these things happening. It's not as crazy as you may think it is for this guy to be playing. It is crazy. It's, it's unbelievable. I think his winning it is more unbelievable to me the way he leads a locker room, the way he changes the standards, the way he changes things when he walks in a building and convinces guys from all walks of life, guys who grew up in a million different ways, in a million different environments, he convinces these guys to follow him, and this is the way you do things, and this is the way you win.
3: Hmm, fantastic stuff. Great answer to that question, Olin. Uh, really appreciate that. The pregame show... Features Ola Krutz and Patrick Manley. Patrick, down today. It's presented by Bette Rivers. We want to give out a, a special uh, shout to the fine folks. at Zing Zang, mm-hmm. their Bloody Mary uh, mix. You can find it. It's, you know, Chicago-made, Chicago company, uh, the Bloody Mary mix. It, they have it in cans now, and uh, they're still headquartered in Chicago. So I enjoy the cans, 9.7%, I believe. So it's like mm. having two drinks in one. And hopefully we won't have to turn to Zingzang before uh, the um, second quarter today.
5: Um, Pat Manley, I, I imagine him right now wrapped in a blanket, having a Zingzang uh, Bloody Mary, trying to get that cold out, <laughs> trying to sweat it out. I imagine uh, our teammate Pat Manley uh, in a blanket. Uh, you know, he getting that Bloody Mary down, trying trying to feel better.
3: Is that all it takes?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, w- boy, well, yeah. you know, I, we when we see him on the Zoom, uh, we think he's Kenny Chesney. I'm gonna tell my kids. <laughs> With his three guitars, <laughs> he does. <laughs> he, can't, he looks he,
3: like he's in the recording studio. He
5: can't. He can't sing today, obviously, with his voice. But uh, obviously, <laughs> uh, the, my 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 former teammate uh, from nineteen ninety eight drafted together. You don't see Pat Manley miss a lot of a lot of games at all in his sixteen year career. So so you know his voice is not very good today.
3: Great stuff. Okay, we'll be right back here on the pregame show.
2: Like you guys say, you know, you guys point out pretty eloquently. uh, uh, some issues with the tackling and there there are you know we're not we're not going to shy away from those issues we got to address them and attack them and, and we got to do it at all levels of the defense you know because uh, <clears throat> a lot of the usually a, gen, uh, a function of explosive plays usually in my experience comes with one of two things it's either tackling or a miscommunication or a bust uh, <clears throat> if they get us on something schematically then hats off to them and you know they got me in terms of a play call that they got me on and that's what happens in this league. You know, sometimes you get that as a coach and a player. And so uh, we, we got to do better overall. Uh, and that's, that's been a uh, continued point of emphasis. And we got to do a better job. I got to do a better job coaching, tackling, quite frankly. And then obviously we got to execute better. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krootz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today.
3: We are indeed back on the pregame show, and that is the voice of Sean Desai. He spoke this week. He is the Bears' uh, defensive coordinator, and he was answering questions that turned specifically to Eddie Jackson and, uh, and the issues that people have seen from Eddie Jackson in terms of being able to, to tackle in the fashion in which, um, in which you expect from a guy that is uh, a highly paid uh, part of your defense whether it's fair or not, um, and Big Z wrote a fantastic story, Olin. Um, he, he wrote a story where he broke down Eddie's missed tackles, and according to Sports Radar, their game charting, um, Eddie's missed only a few tackles, 9.4% of his tackles. Um, now, the problem is he's not making plays, and the other problem is that, um, that he is um, a guy that um, – you know the splash plays has dried up he he's missed a few tackles i get it it's not that many but that doesn't take into account you know absolute like, non-contact misses right mm-hmm. bad angles coming across and and not tagging a guy when he's down that that is not technically considered a missed tackle but you know bigzy caught a lot of grief for writing that story i thought it was really interesting and i thought he did a good job of sort of going after Jackson for his Twitter response when uh, when Lance Briggs criticized him. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, and, and one thing, Molly, me and you know, uh, obviously you know better than I do, but um, I've learned about Brad Biggs, is he does his job extremely well. And he gives you the full story, whether you like it or not, right? And, and he gave everybody, you know, there was a lot of talk about Eddie Jackson and his missed tackling, and, and Biggs went and looked at how he's how he's playing. And I'm sure he talked to a lot of people, and he gave us the full picture of of what Eddie Jackson is actually doing and what he actually brings to the team and what he brings to Sean Desai's defense. And, um, look, there's a lot of teams out there in defense of Eddie Jackson who would love to have Eddie Jackson as their safety, right? Who would love to have that guy in the middle of the field there uh, doing the things he does well. Uh, Chicago Bears fans are just tired of – him not being extremely physical. But when I watch their secondary, Molly, as a whole, on film, um, for me, sometimes, you know, like Kendall Door, I'll see him not sticking his head in there. You saw Gibson missing plays last week, uh, like you're talking about against the Rams, where they don't touch a guy down. Um, Jalon Johnson, right, um, not hustling down the field after Devontae Adams catches that ball. So they're all doing the same things, and it becomes a problem, and for me, Uh, that's kind of Sean Desai's expertise, right? And I want to know for Sean Desai, my question wouldn't have been for him about the tackling. My question for him would have been about the effort of his group, right? And I can sit there just like you would do to players and say, look, why aren't you hustling on this play? I could sit there, pull this up for Sean Desai and say, Sean, why isn't your cornerback, why isn't your safety giving max effort here? What are you demanding out of them when you're in the meeting? So, uh, is Eddie Jackson a terrible football player? No. Uh, do we need more more from him? Yes. And, and it's the same like we talk about the offense. You can do a lot of good things, but you got to put the ball in the damn end zone. So Eddie Jackson, you can do a lot of good things, right? But when you get paid what you get paid, you have to produce big plays.
3: And, you know, it's fascinating to me. Bruce Arians said before, I don't know, midweek, he said uh, that this is the best defense they're going to play how good this defense is. Um, you know, Green Bay in the postgame told the NFL Network that uh, this is the best defense that they've seen, and the Bears are top three defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you can consider yourself among that. I think they've got a good front seven. I wonder, though, with 37 missed tackles on the year, 37. And, again, that's not taking into account kind of non-contact tackles, right? Mm-hmm. It's You're talking specifically – about plays where you got run through. Um, how can you be – they got 25 tackles for loss, so that's good. But you got 12 more missed tackles than tackles for loss. That's that's not good.
5: Yeah, th- that front seven is incredibly, incredibly good, right? And and when they got Alec Ogletree and, and Danny Trevathan, they can come in and switch off, and they got Roquan Smith playing, and if Akeem's, Akeem Hicks is up and Eddie Goldman hasn't even been playing great And then Quinn on the edge with Mack, which we're not going to see a lot of that today. But when they're all there, that is an incredible front seven. And credit to Chris Rumpf, who came over from the Texans, defensive line coach. I thought, personally, there'd be a drop-off after Jay Rogers left to the Chargers. There hasn't been one. They moved uh, Bill Shuey, I think his name is, from pass rush specialist to outside linebacker coach. He's been getting a lot out of Khalil Mack. He's been getting a lot out of Robert Quinn. So credit those guys on the front seven. Obviously, uh, their weakness, it seems to be their secondary and their tackling, Molly. but uh, Jalen Johnson playing well. But you can see why when teams come in and the first thing you look at when you go to attack a defense is, okay, uh, where can we run the ball? Where can we attack this front seven? Where do we have an advantage? Find one on the Bears defensive front. It is not easy to do. Uh, uh, Ryan Pace finds Tonga in the seventh round. He played a high level. We thought last week when Grody told us that he was not active, we thought that was a mistake. I think it ends up being a mistake in the second half when it's time to run the ball. I know Grody was saying, when well, they still have a lot of bodies. where well, they had a lot of pass rushing bodies, right? They didn't right. have a lot of run stuff. Mario Edwards, uh, that guy plays high motor. He's attacking people all the time. Um, you know, we can stay away from the personal fouls. but if someone grabs me my <laughs> face mask, I may, I may do something also. Um, they just have a lot of guys playing well, so I know why – when team co- teams come in and they take a look at this defense on film, they are a ferocious unit. And that's what you hear from them, the amount of respect they have for the Bears defense. But we talked about before, Mully, uh, when you pour all your money there, uh, right. you're expected to be that good.
3: And, and, and that's the win-now defense. We've yeah. talked about that as well. It's great that they're performing the way they're supposed to. Now, you know, again, this is the Bears now, apparently Big Z, uh, tweeted out that the four players on COVID give that for this week. And, and again, Damian Williams is back. And I think Mike Fury, uh, the the wide receivers coach, not a player, but he's back. So they have four people, um, four players, Robert Quinn, obviously the, the headliner to that group. But uh, but it's it's really bothersome because it's hard enough to field a team and uh, and get everybody up and running. And then you add in uh, this, you know, bizarre pandemic stuff. Um, it's unfortunate, but you're going to be without, you know, Hicks is out. He's got the groin and obviously you're going to be without uh, Quinn who makes a ton of money too. And uh, he's got, uh, he's on the reserve list. You have depth, but that's got to be a huge blow when you're losing not one, but two of your top three players.
5: Yeah, uh, Hicks and Quinn being out. And then, you know, if you go to the other side of the ball, uh, David Montgomery's out, right? So uh, you lose three out of your top, I don't know, five or six players, man. And you got to go down and play the defending champs in in a game we talked about earlier. Tampa Bay's offensive line and Leonard Fournette are starting to gel They got a good offensive line. Could he really use Akeem Hicks? You know, something to watch today, Mully, is that Kappa, their right guard in Werff's double team on whoever is playing that end spot. I'm thinking it's going to be Blackson. Uh, He's going to have to take on that double team. And then whoever comes in, uh, I think they brought up uh, Hunt. Uh, They they brought him up from the practice squad. Uh, He's been playing pretty good football, actually. But uh, Akeem Hicks, obviously, uh, extremely good uh, and maybe – maybe the best in the business at what he does when he's fully healthy. So uh, how you don't miss a guy like that, I don't know. Uh, the Bears did show some, you know, chinks in their armor last week against the run game like we talked about earlier. So stopping that running game today, first and foremost, because if you're not, if you don't, you're going to see guards pull. You see Brady pull that ball behind and hit the middle of the field to break Evans, uh, you know, OJ Howard. He's got big targets. They're going to be really, really hard to stop. And if they get their points anywhere near 28, uh, we know this game is over.
3: So we know Antonio Holmes is out of the game, and he leads the league in third-down receptions and averages like 22 yards a catch on third downs, which is extraordinary. Um, If you were going to pick between Holmes and Mike Evans as to who you would put your top corner on if you are indeed – you know, trying to match up with uh, with Jalen Johnson, would you have taken Holmes or would you have taken Evans? Because I think Evans, believe it or not, is like the—he's just one of the hardest matchups in the league. He's just the guy is like a—he's he, like some prehistorical bird that comes shooting in, <laughs> can catch anything. Yeah, and,
5: and he's—he's a—he's a big guy, right? At six five, two thirty. So I think that's why you leave Jalen Johnson on Evans. He matches up better there. Uh, Vildor, or if if Brown was a healthy right. today, I, I know who you meant. If he oh, was healthy today, I, yeah, I'm um, at home. yeah no, you know, does he, I, I do that all the time. So I, I just put it in. A, <laughs> I, I put it in a context <laughs> of a sentence, Molly, and I know exactly who you're talking about. You know, I, I, I make words use all different kind of meanings. I mean, you know, <laughs> not an overly educated man. You know what I mean? So I know what you were saying, but uh, if, if he was there today, I I would leave. Johnson on Evans just because if I put Vildor or Duke Shelley Xavier Crawford uh, size wise if I put anybody else on Evans then he'll have 200 plus yards today uh, I got to use a little faster smaller guy on Antonio Brown if he was there today right. Chris Godwin uh, a very good football player in his own right uh, Brady is gonna he's gonna go after your weak link he's gonna find that person on your defense who struggles covering the most and he's going to attack your weakness, and, and that's the key to the NFL because everybody in the NFL is a really good football player, Molly, but everybody has a weakness. Brady attacks your weakness, your weakness link, so I, I'm looking for them to find their tight ends or whoever their third wide receiver is. One of those games where you talk about everybody else and then someone like Tyler Johnson ends up with 180 yards uh, uh, receiving and two touchdowns because you're covering him with some, back, uh, some one of your backup or your worst cornerback, and Brady is a, a constantly attacking that area the whole game. Uh, for me, I, I'm thinking Tampa Bay is going to try to run the ball like the Packers did in the second half, uh, get it to the tight ends, get it to the running backs, make the Chicago Bears. What we, we talked about this whole segment opened with what do the Chicago Bears struggle with, right? They struggle with tackling in their secondary. What do you think Tom Brady is going to make them do in the secondary? Tackle. He's going to make them tackle. He's learned that from Bill Belichick, right? Make them do what they're bad at. So they're going to take away uh, the Bears' strength somehow. They'll take away the defensive front by doubling those guys, uh, taking them out of the game, and then just a quick dump-offs. And look, we know Kendall Vildor. We know Eddie Jackson. We know they have this guy. I want to see them tackle Leonard Fournette out of the backfield.
3: Boy. That's easier said than done. Yeah. All right, we got Grody time next. We'll find out who the inactives are. I think we could make up a list right now. Seems like there's a lot of inactives. And I want to ask him about Bilal Nichols. He, he had a knee injury. It wasn't on the injury report Wednesday, but popped up on it and mispracticed Thursday. Never a good sign. Mm-hmm. We'll find out how he's doing as well. We've got uh, Mark Grody
5: maybe joining we, Maybe we'll us. get a shorter list if we ask him who's active.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's beautiful you know i want to know how many guys every time i've looked here there's like there's guys popping up from the practice squad yeah. i i'm not even sure who the who the backups are you know what i'm saying yeah. like this is crazy all right grody time will be next uh you're listening to the pregame show with the great old recruits and patrick manley down ill uh, here on chicago sports radio six seven score
0: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance
3: Thank you.